today we are taking you all the way to San Diego for the San Diego Comic-Con or Comic-Con International as, as it is now commonly referred to. But I'll always know it as San Diego Comic-Con, my 41st year. How did it go? Was the show packed? What about Hall H? Did, did the lack of giant talent with their blockbuster movies, did it, did, did it affect the convention floor? How did the retailers do? How did the comic talent do? What, 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 what were the dinners like? The parties? You guys, San Diego Comic-Con International 2023 was an absolute blast, and I cannot wait to share it with you on an all-new episode of Raw Observations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Raw Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I have been making comic books, making the comic books, writing the comics, drawing the comics, producing the comics, printing the comics, all of it for 38 years. This is my passion. This has uh, just been the most amazing career that I could have ever possibly uh, imagined. And, and I host this podcast where we talk all about comic books, superheroes, pop culture, all the stuff that has been exploding the last two decades. But, but, but those comic books from those spinner racks in, in 1974, yes, I, I, I know that sounds like the days of the, of the, of, of the Wild West and the Prairie. But uh, 1974, pulling those comics, my love affair with Marvel Comics, DC Comics, every comic book. We discuss it. We dissect it. I try and walk you through my own personal experiences as both, as both a fan and a professional on each and every episode of this show. But let me tell you, this past weekend was the biggest celebration of pop culture. It's an annual celebration, uh, barring pandemic drama. It's an annual celebration. It is, it is the San Diego Comic-Con. They call it Comic-Con International now, but let's just agree. It was San Diego Comic-Con to most everybody that you saw on the street. San Diego Comic-Con 2023 was absolutely incredible. It was off the charts. It was epic. It was everything that I had hoped. It exceeded all of my expectations. And we are going to just jam all about Comic-Con on, on today's episode. We are just going to cover it from, from beginning to end. I, I actually don't even know how many installments this is going to be. It's going to be marked as part one. I don't know if it's going to go to part three. It's definitely going to part two. I can't cram it all into one episode, but Comic-Con is on the menu. San Diego 23 is what we are here to talk about today. And, and let, me, let me start by saying that you would think that since San Diego is a 90-minute drive down the freeway for me, or a 90-minute train, or from LA, two and a half hours, whatever, you would think that, that, a, that a show that is so accessible in regards to just it's a straight shot down the five freeway, just literally a straight shot for me and my family, that it would be just the easiest show to get to. I'm telling you, San Diego takes more time uh, on, on me and more planning on me than when we go to New York or any other show. Because we do San Diego up in a, in a big way. I, I, I've told you guys here, I had lost my love for the San Diego Comic-Con. Not, not for comic books, not ever for comic books, but around 2004, 2005, with just having gone at that point to, to Comic-Con for well over two decades, uh, I, had just, I had just kind of lost my 
love affair as now, you know, a man in his 30s. And yet my kids brought me all the way back. We, Joy and I were joking this last weekend. I mean, our kids, we have pictures from them every year at Comic-Con. You can watch them age from, you know, Luke being like one years old in, 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 his, in his stroller and, 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 and us pushing him around to then, you know, Luke is two, chases the baby. Then we add Olivia and, and they're five, they're six, they're seven, all of it, teenagers. And the kids really clicked and became enamored by it when they were five and three and Libby was one year. Obviously, Libby really didn't have a, a say in the matter, but Chase was immediately enamored with Pokemon. Pokemon had a giant display, of course, in that canary yellow, and he literally sat there and there was a gentleman named Seth who for two straight years... Chase would want to go and be instructed by Seth, who was a dedicated Pokemon worker. And we always joke about it because Chase couldn't pronounce his TH, so he called him Seth. So we always joked about Chase and, and his, um, his, his favor for, for Seth. And, uh, and, and Seth would meet him at four and five or three and four and, and walk him through. And Chase was completely enamored and wanted Pokemon everything, and it really set him on this. I really, I, I believe it was probably instrumental in his absolute love of all things anime and manga. Because Chase Liefeld, uh, his room is all anime, manga. I've, I've shared this with you guys before. I, I, of course, have always walked in both worlds. Anime and manga informed so much of everything that I was doing when I was, you know, earlier and to, to present day in my career. But really, early, I felt it helped me give me that extra oomph and separate me from everybody else in the business because. I just didn't feel like anybody else uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the comic book world or very, very few, let's go very, very few were, were accessing and tapping into all of that power. And back, back then, I've, I've shared with you guys, it was, uh, it was Pat Labore, it was uh, Appleseed, it was, it was Bastard, uh, Akira. The, the, this is the stuff that I was just, could, could not buy enough of. And if you were at Extreme Studios, you saw, you know, how much of that I, I was into. and. Ninja Scroll, like in, in, in the mid to late 90s, all of this different anime and all of this, uh, this, this manga, I mean, I just compiled and I, to, to, the, to the point where I kind of felt like I had so much I couldn't even possibly uh, get through uh, all, all of the manga and the anime that I had. Fist of North Star, which, which Eric Larson introduced me to. So, so when Chase gets into it in this last really, you know, 18 years of his life, he has shared. Naruto and and Attack on Titan and and you know Chainsaw Man and gotten me hyped. Um, Academia, my hero, Academia. He he's gotten me hyped on all of this stuff because that's where he lives. Much more, he lives much more there than he does in a Marvel and DC world. And that's it's it's it, it's fantastic because it it keeps me fresh. Because if you don't think like I'm, I'm like a vampire, I need new blood, and I'm like, oh, thank you, and I will 100% consume that every time it's put in front of me. Luke was enamored with all things superheroes and all things Star Wars, and uh, appropriately for a, a, a young boy named <laughs> named Luke. So that brought me all the way back, all the way back, and uh, my my passion was reignited through their passion, and I got to see the show through their eyes. And really, the show has never ever stopped growing, transforming, and evolving, and 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 it it kept up the pace this year as it continued to transform. 
and, and, and evolve. The reason it is such a burden in terms of planning is because we have done this show up big time. We have done this show up big time. Probably for the last uh, couple of years, we split ourselves between several different hotels. Uh, there are different firms, publishers that get me rooms, and 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 then I and 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 they don't all get me rooms at the same uh, at the same joints. Okay, so sometimes. We're at the Hyatt, sometimes we're at the Marriott, sometimes we're at the Hilton, but we're at two of three of those, the Omni, at all, at all times. We're, we're bouncing between those locations at all times. And so I, I want to make sure that my rooms uh, are, are looking at the convention center, uh, definitely at the Hilton. You do not want to be looking at the train yard, okay? And now I am giving away the playbook right now, okay? And I'm going to tell you how this goes. The reason this consumes, and since 2018, I think, I get to Comic-Con on Tuesday. Preview night is Wednesday. But I have so many badges. Okay, so check this out. <laughs> this is a way to work in because I'm going to get back to this in a minute. I'm going to actually get back to this in a minute. There is a prestigious award. And you're going to hear that I'm at the, at, at the middle or at the end of this episode. We're going to kind of segue into a section on awards that I really want to discuss. But awards uh, don't mean as much to me, maybe as they should or could, because I recognized early in my career that I was not going to be uh, awarded. My my stuff is not the the style of work that that critics and 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 pundits uh, uh, rally around rally around, and and that's fine. I don't care. I truly have never ever cared. If you think that I draw one frame of Deadpool Batter Blood or Major X or Snake Eyes looking for critical acclaim, then you obviously <laughs> are not a Ralph Liefeld fan, okay? I am looking to punch you in the face, entertain you, take you on a roller coaster ride in the same way that like I'm just incensed by the fact that 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 uh that that, that some of my favorite actors and directors are not acknowledged by some of their institutions in film and in music. Uh, I, I just, I just look at I, I, the award stuff. That's a lane that, uh, that's a highway that I'm not going to travel, and that's fine. I would rather somebody put this on social media uh, a couple years back. Would you rather have great sales or awards? Great sales every time. Great sales. Period. End of discussion. That's all I want. It's like in a movie. Would you rather a box office or? Uh, or, or, or awards, box office. I'm sure everybody would want box office. Now, now you're going to say, but Rob, you can do both. It's very hard to achieve both. And, and that's never, ever one of my concerns. And the reason I'm spending a little more time on this is because we're going to do a lot of this in the, at, the, at, at the end. But back in, I think, 2011, 2012, they gave uh, the Image Founders an Inkpot Award. Each of us got an Inkpot. An Inkpot is a really cool uh, amazing design. I hats off to them. I was not expecting it to be as heavy as it was, but it is heavy. It is, it is really just has some volume to it. It's a beautiful award. And it's basically the comic book, you know, the comic book equivalent of a, 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 a lifetime achievement award. It's, it's a lifetime achievement award. So I was very honored to get it. I have, I've displayed it and actually like, a year later, Arnold Schwarzenegger was on 60 Minutes. And I remember this because Heidi McDonald from The Beat, I love you, Heidi. I, I didn't actually get to connect with you uh, during the show, but I saw Heidi McDonald uh, at, uh, uh, and her uh, comics beat on Twitter. 
and you should follow both of those accounts. She's fantastic. She's terrific. Heidi has been covering comic books for as long as I've been in them. I think she is one of the longest tenured uh, voices. She has worked everywhere. I'm turning this into a little plug. I just love Heidi McDonald. She's great. She's fantastic. She she's very balanced, and uh, she covered this tweet back you know in 2012 when I saw that Schwarzenegger had an ink pot in his awards case next to all his other awards. And 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 when we're talking awards, we're talking uh, what made his whole life was competition. Winning competitions was you know Schwarzenegger's uh, you know trade. That's how he became Arnold Schwarzenegger in the in 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 weightlifting in in bodybuilding. In you know, in bodybuilding, not weightlifting, but but he needed a weightlift to get there. But he uh, winning those awards was why he became Arnold Schwarzenegger. And if you guys have not seen the three part documentary, I'm turning this into all plugs on Netflix because it's just so great. Because Arnold was such a bright, shining beacon of my childhood and such an inspiration to me. Uh, cable, all of that stuff, none of that happens without Arnold Schwarzenegger completely capturing my imagination uh, in my teens and, and and especially my early twenties. Uh, of course, there is a piece of cable that belongs alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron. Absolutely, one thousand percent, huge influences. But but in his trophy case with all his trophies was an ink pot, and I and I said, hey, there's an ink pot, and and I just remember that Heidi and the Beat retweeted that because it was so significant. Because I guess I had missed it when you know they gave him this uh, prestigious lifetime achievement award, and so when they they gave this to to the. Uh, to the image partners, let me tell you something. And maybe I'm not supposed to say say this, and maybe I'm not going to, you know, not get all the special, uh, you know, the special benefits. But shortly thereafter, I got a piece of mail sent to me. And it was from San Diego Comic Con. It was from the official convention, and I remember being in the kitchen and opening it, and it was a black card, just like you you get a black card like from your credit card company, and, it, and it's the the badass card, right? <laughs> it's a black card that says, you know, kind of comic book lifetime achievement award. And and you know what? I didn't really plan on doing this, but because I'm I'm not really recalling exactly. Let me let me pull this out. Let me pull this out right now. I think I I, <laughs> I have to have it here because because it has not been away from me since I received it. Here it is. Here it is. Check this out. I got a black card from Comic Con, and it says. It says, uh, am, I, am I holding this right? Okay, Rob, come on. Rob Liefeld, honorary holder. Honorary holder, uh, special circle of friends, San Diego Comic-Con gold card. Rob Liefeld, honored holder of San Diego Comic-Con special Circle of Friends gold card. It's black. It's black with gold in, in inscriptions on the black. The 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 Comic Con uh, gold insignia and everything that I read to you is in gold. This tells you when you receive it that you can get a. Uh, I don't want to say unlimited, and I've never really taken true. I, like I don't know what unlimited means, but it means that as this member, you get comped guests. Okay, so so I have been able to request in advance tickets for my whole family and and get that special uh that special benefit now you may be going oh damn you life and 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 let me just ask you this come on don't don't you think (laughs) don't you think your boy life deserves that come on 
uh, between X-Force and helping found Image Comics, being an original founder of Image Comics. Um, my wallet, I just dropped that if you heard that. <laughs> uh, come on, you know, I, 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 don't you think I at least deserve kind of this extra benefit and everyone who gets it? I, I feel like we do. So don't, don't bust us on this. It's super, uh, I, I, I honestly, as I told you, from the day that I got that, from the day that I received that, I have, uh, so, so this is going on about 12 or 13 years. It has not been out of my wallet. I, I will pull it out and look at it sometimes and, and smile because it means such a, so much to me. But because of this, I am able to get my family, my nephews, uh, my kids' friends, uh, including myself, into. Now, I know there are other guys because I was actually in line behind a peer of mine who, who got like 10 more than I did. So I know I'm not gaming the system more. Than, than other people, but I'm not also going to tell you that I don't get a really fair amount of tickets and I'm grateful. But because of that, because of the extra people that we have, that's why this one uh, becomes such uh, an extra planning burden on me. So I got I got I got a plan for nephews and, and my and, and aunts and my mom and my sister used to come down and watch our kids. They wanted to be a part of it. So they wanted a day. Uh, my, my, you know, uh, my, my kids each all bring a friend. So, so I have got to collect those badges and 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 i need to be like shooting out of the gate on a wednesday to get those badges and to get to where i need to be and i i gotta get these rooms set i gotta get to these rooms and on a tuesday i got in on a tuesday and i got my room and i got my view okay because and and look that, that that stuff is not comp to me that that stuff uh unless it's a special year you know I, i'm flipping that bill okay so so just like the rest of you i'm i'm taking on that count that, that I'm, I'm taking on that accounting. So, uh, but the day the, the lady this time said, sir, the best time to secure the rooms for your kids. Cause I said, I have adult kids. They, they've got friends. I just want to make sure I'm taking care of them. They said, the best time is to come down at 8am on the, the following morning, the morning that the reservation kicks in and you can get, you know, what you want. Now I have a buddy and I, I, I learned how 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 I'm I, I it affirmed my decisions for me because I have I have a buddy who is a big corporate uh, executive like mucho important guy mucho importante okay he he pushes a lot uh there's there, there's there's a there's a saying in the, in in the in the air traffic controlling business uh the planes and the air traffic controllers when they're when they're when they're uh directing train uh, planes when they're directing Planes in the air, they call them ten, and and what they do, they call it pushing ten. Okay, well, my friend's not in uh not in the air traffic controlling business, and he's not you know controlling planes, but as far as volume of programming and entertainment, he is pushing a ton of ten. He says, "Hey, how's your rooms?" And I told him how great they were, and he was like, "Oh," and he was and he was not happy with some of the selections that he had gotten. And I said, "Dude, I've learned you got to get here early because truly, everybody who gets there early." No matter what hotel gets their pick of the litter, okay, and gets to set it, gets to set it up. Now, here's the deal. I'm doing this uh, because I want my kids to have a great experience year in, year out, because I know how much San Diego means to them, and I want to see big smiles. And and I I, I just I'm, I'm a dad. You're a parent. You want you want to take care of your kids if you possibly can. And this is absolutely a family vacation for us. Okay. Uh, on top of our other family vacations, we've turned San Diego into a family vacation. And that is why you have to understand I don't do this show as hard as I could. I used to table 
and table 24 hours a day. I mean, literally, I would table from the minute the show opened to when I left. And some of those artist alley tables come with requirements. You have to be at your table like seven of the eight and a half hours that day, and they will check you. They do. They come around because they, they feel that if they have given you a special deal on an artist alley table, that you need to attend to your table. They don't want you getting that table and just checking in every once in a while, okay? And that's their right, and that's, and that's cool, and, and it is so fantastic that artist alley still remains at San Diego, still remains at Comic-Con, because it's an important part of the culture, the history. It's who we are. We are the artists who, who make the comic books. So, but I can't be that dedicated anymore because I'm so uh, enjoying, I just enjoy the show. But part of it is booking all these rooms, getting my kids. Now, now my daughter was helping out in regards to publicity this last year. So she was actually doing some work at the show. So it was important that I, I wanted her to be rested. And so it's not just pampering. It's not just all pampering. But yes, there is a, a part of just, I want my kids to be entertained. So taking care of the rooms. If you don't think that I was right there, front of the line, eight o'clock at the one hotel and boom, right after at the next to get the best possible uh, rooms and book them. And then once I do that, great, done. Then I go and I go about the business of collecting the badges. Okay. And then I have to get the badges back to the room and I sort them and I have them ready because everybody is going to start Coming in in the next 48 hours and everyone is going to want to get their badge. And who is the distributor of said badges? Big Daddy. Now, my wife was coming down a couple days late this year because she is not as glamored as my children and myself are by the show. But she loves it. She totally enjoys it. But not five days going to be there enjoys it. (laughs) She enjoys it like two days going to be there. Okay? Not five days going to be there. So, this show is on me to entertain. And so I go down and I scheme it, but I put so much time and effort. And of course, I'm, I have to make sure that I have the, the supplies that I need. I, I, if you guys know and watch us on whatnot, you know that Key Collectibles is an absolute uh, tremendous badass. Dave Hong um, completely, completely uh, helps me uh, so much. But, you know, I've got to get the supplies ready to hand off to him. So a lot of pre-planning. Uh, and this year I was dropping off art with my art dealer. My art dealer, uh, Glenn Brunswick at Panel Page Art, he represents all my stuff. Go to the Panel Page Art uh, page. It's not just my stuff. He has turned into a serious, big, baller uh, art dealer, crazy great, uh, Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age, uh, 90s, all of it. He's great. I had to give him a certain amount of pages, and so I had to get all those scanned before I got on the road, so that delayed me like another 90 minutes. So getting out of here and getting to the con is always hairy, and it's gotten hairier. And here's the deal. One thing you you might uh, have noticed about me, other than Dave Hong, I just, I don't have an assistant. I I have not had an assistant in 25 years. I have been going it solo. When you get a scan from me, I scanned it. When you get an email from me, I wrote it. When you get a schedule from me, I scheduled it. Uh, uh, Everything has to run through me. I have to approve it. I have to see it. I I just, I don't want anything to fall through the cracks. So um, I handle it all myself. If you think Dave Hong is booking flights, and booking hotel rooms and booking cars when we go on the road, you would be wrong. That is me. I just don't want to give that responsibility to anybody else because honestly, when you do that and someone uh, doesn't come through, it, I, I just have a really hard time with it. So I've put myself for the last 25 years in a position with, with the exception of fulfilling orders online that the buck stops with me. I'm, I'm the person involved. So 
you know, I'm scanning my pages, getting them ready, getting, getting ready to go down to San Diego. So we finally get there. We get settled in. And there is just nothing like, for me, getting off at Front Street, getting off the 5 freeway, driving past the hotels I used to stay by, by dri- driving back, I think, uh, driving past the community center, uh, which is where uh, the convention center used to be before it moved in 1991, heading right into that Marriott and, and, uh, and, then, and then driving the length of that entire convention center and then getting to the other hotels, whether it's the Omni, whether it's the Hilton. And just getting ready to go, getting ready to rock and roll. And this year was fantastic. You might have heard, you might have heard that uh, there was no movie stars, television stars due to the giant strike that is going on with SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, also the Writers. uh, The Writers Guild is also currently on strike. So this has really uh, diminished what is possible in regards to what can be uh, presented to you. At the show, you weeks in advance, all the studios anticipating that the strikes wouldn't go through because they have to be, you know, they have to anticipate, uh, and and they were correct that 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 there would not be any talent available. So without talent available, why are you having any any presentations uh, up, down, hall eights, whatever, top, bottom? Because there's all where all the different panels are, and some of them take care, take place in different hotel rooms. Uh, the Marriott has panels. The the Hilton has panels. So they put out in advance, none of that was going to happen. And, 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 and for all intents and purposes, the studios skipped Comic-Con. So if you were wondering how this would affect Comic-Con, let me tell you something. If, if you were wondering if there's no Hall H, if there's no 7,500 people occupied for the entirety of the show, you know, the entirety of the show, Hall H is packed. If you've never been in there, once people get in there, they generally do not leave. I have the, the first... Uh, Hall H that I did with my oldest son Luke because he really wanted it was important to him again it was not important to Chase like that isn't that cool like you have kids and and, and all of you know this they're so incredibly different but it was 2015 Luke had finally he he really wanted to go to uh to, to Comic Con excuse me 2014 it was 2014 because it was kicked off with a Warner Brothers presentation and um, Mad Max Fury Road, and they brought George Miller out, and Warner Brothers had fitted Hall H with a special curved screen, which was incredible. It, it curved the first third of the of the auditorium of the giant Hall H. It, it was this special technology. It was it was not available to anyone else to use. Disney, Paramount, Universal, nobody else could use it during that time. Only Warner Brothers, and they gave us a staggering like eight minute uh, cut. Of, of of the chase right before they go into the giant storm, the tornado. Luke had uh, seen seen me watch Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome uh, prior, so he had was familiar. But again, Luke at that time is 14 years old, and he is so psyched. And we thank you to Comic Con. You guys got us such great tickets for Hall H that year, and we were able to sit there and enjoy it. And then after that, they introduced Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, and Ben Affleck just came out with Zack Snyder. They literally just waved. They said nothing. Zack introduced them. They went back. They were talking about uh, Superman versus Batman. And, uh, and, 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 and we stayed for the duration of the day through all of the other presentations, including Marvel. And that is like a dedicated day. You are going to camp there. The reporters, all of the press who... who, who who may or may not listen to the show, they know what you're, I'm talking about. You can get up, you can go to the restroom. Sometimes the press can exit, 
but you run the risk of losing that seat. And when you you lose that seat and you have a good seat, good luck getting another, okay? For the past several years, I only attend the Marvel Hall H presentations. But when I tell you that there are people who, when they get seated and they get in at at 8, 8.30, they do not leave until 8, 8.30. That it is a 12-hour commitment if you want to do the whole thing. So you're talking about 7,500 people that are going to be pouring onto the show floor given that there is no Hall H presentation. And in, in years past, some of the other TV shows and popular TV shows like Riverdale and Walking Dead and in, and in years way past, uh, uh, you know, stuff like Smallville, the, those panels take place above us on the second floor. And that's 2,500 people, okay? So the panels and, and the programming are such that uh, that, that absent... So much of what drives the interest in those, which is the talent themselves, you're going to find them on the floor. Well, guess what? That happened. I am here to report to you halfway through this episode, 100% San Diego Comic-Con 2023 was, I think the word I'm going to use is robust. It is robust with people, was robust with people. They may actually still be asking people to exit right now as... (laughs) I broadcast this because there was so many people. It was the first time in years, maybe even more so than 2018, 2019, obviously right before the pandemic, 2019, um, where there would be places in while we were wandering that I could not go left, right, center. Um, I was wandering extensively one day with Marat Michaels, my buddy. Marat was in my wedding. You need to know this. Marat was in my wedding. Um, he is my bro. He is my buddy. He is my pal. I love him. We had an extended 90-minute kind of tour of duty, and it was hard, man. Moving was difficult on Saturday, like 11 a.m., 11, 11.30 a.m. It was packed. On Sunday, I ran back through the hall to pick up something at the Image Comics booth, and I was shocked how incredibly swamp the floor was on sunday it was like everybody and their mother was there to get their last minute shopping um, get the signatures all the stuff that they wanted comic-con was as swole as packed as uh robust as i have seen and remembered it and that is uh i was there each and every day i was there thursday friday saturday sunday and i am going to tell you without fail this is going to go down as one of the busiest years and you can absolutely attribute it to the fact that because talent for major television and film productions, you know, not being able to be there factored into the floor being 100% flooded with people. It was, it was honestly, it was amazing. It was cool. And I really do believe it resulted in uh, terrific sales for every single vendor. If you were selling lollipops, you sold more. If you were selling action figures, if you were selling, um, you know, uh, uh, Funko Pops, if, if you were uh, selling statues, comic books, art, signatures, whatever it was, it was just as packed, as crazy as I have ever seen uh, the San Diego Comic-Con Hall in the last decade. Easy. And part of the absolute delight of going to the show is seeing all of the great people who travel and come out. And I was able, so, so blessed and so uh, just... Humbled because you get to this point. I, I beat it into you guys that I've been doing this for 38 years. I beat it into you that I have uh, been attending the show for 41 years. It would be 42, but for the pandemic year. You got to realize I, I 
in 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 summer 2020 there is no comic-con so i can't count that so i have to take that out but if if i were able to insert that we are looking at 42 years i have been drawing remember i, I go at 14 i break in at 18 so 41 years uh, 40 it would be 42 calendar years of comic-con and eight 38 years making the comics so Given that time, all the different friendships, the faces, all the familiarity, all the amazing talent. And let me tell you something. Every giant Comic-Con that resembles this, and really there's only two. There's Comic-Con and there's, uh, and there's New York Comic-Con. And those are your blockbuster, granddaddy, big-ass shows. They get the giant publisher support. They get Marvel. They get DC. They get Image. They get Boom. They get IDW. Anyone else I'm leaving out, apologies. That's why they're the big baller shows. Okay, New York and San Diego get full support by publishers and, and video game programmers and, and platforms. And it's just, again, uh, Lucasfilm flexes at San Diego in a way that they don't flex anywhere else. Okay, that is unique to, to San Diego Comic-Con. There's a lot of stuff that Comic-Con does that is absolutely unique to Comic-Con. I've told you the beauty of it is the Gaslamp District and the surrounding you know weather and beauty of San Diego. But New York and San Diego are the big dynamos for all the reasons I've just shared with you. And, you know, th- through the years, just, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just incredible having, having watched these shows just, just grow and advance. But you, you, you meet people along the way. You have these memories, these great memories with people. And, 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 and so you look at, you look at, for me, again, 41 years of actual attendance and 38 years in the business, and I am just blown away by the the people and the experiences that I have gone on to collect, and it means a great deal. And New York Comic Con is up there now too. I, I have tremendous memories of New York Comic Con, having only gone there, you know, as a professional. But with San Diego, it's 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 different. It's that train ride with my dad after I mowed enough lawns and saved enough money to go to this convention that had the most names I'd ever seen, and 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 so and staying with him. At, at the little, you know, motel that we stayed overnight. Cause again, my dad's operating on a, on a, on a pastor's salary at the time. And all the money that I was going to spend at the show was the, the money that I had earned mowing lawns and doing chores all that year. And man, did I, did I add to my chore list in anticipation of getting down there in 19, <laughs> in 1981. But the people that you collect and the, and the experiences are just, they, they are, uh, more meaningful to me now than ever as, as a result of the, 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 the more that I have aged and, and, and having watched generation upon generation, you know, come into this business after I got there. And then the guys that were there before I got there, some of them aren't, aren't there anymore. Okay. I, I am now going to conventions that, that Dave Cockrum won't be attending, that George Perez won't be attending, that Neil Adams won't be attending, that Stan Lee most certainly will not be attending. So when I meet and I connect with people, and I and I see those 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 faces that maybe I haven't seen. It just it just means the world to me. And and I was able to uh, connect and see. Good God, let me see if I can name some of them. Um, Frank Miller, Art Adams, Joyce Chen, Billy Tan, Andy Freaking Park, Dan Frega, the aforementioned Marat Michaels, Joseph Loeb the Third. You know him as Jeff Loeb. Robert Kirkman, Eric Stevenson. I mean, I mean, I'm already, I'm, I've already brain farted after, after just that amount of names. Um, just, just being able to, to see and, and to Philip Tan, 
God bless you. I love you so much, Philip Tan. Uh, what, what a great guy, great talent. So, uh, Lee, Lee Bermejo, David Finch, all, all of these in, incredibly talented people, so many alumni, Norm Ratmond, uh, Mike Miller from, 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 just, uh, from just years past and being connected with him. And then, of course, you drive away and you realize the people you didn't get to connect with. But everyone had big smiles on their face. Everyone was having an absolute blast because San Diego Comic-Con, whether the floor is super jam-packed or a little lighter, we are just so happy to be there in that experience, in that momentous hall, uh, sharing the excitement with so many of you, looking at all the same stuff that you guys uh, uh, you know, uh, enjoy and take in, whether it's the statues, the toys, the exclusives. We cannot you know, leave out how important those exclusives are. But it was true. It was a rich show in terms of, of, uh, of generating connections. And I'm going to tell you, one of the most important uh, things each and every year, there's going to be two dinners I'm going to tell you about, two specific dinners I'm going to tell you about over the course of this podcast. And uh, the first dinner is always our Wednesday preview night. And it, it is now the 14th annual. It would be the 15th, you know, but for, but for the pandemic. And it was the 14th annual gathering of friends that we have uh, around this magnificent uh, table that we get at Nobu every year. And so this year, so I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you all their, their last names. Some of these guys, I'm going I'm to let them live in, in the, uh, in the anon, is it the anonymity? Yeah, I think, I think I, so having said that word, I'm not going to say it again, but you heard it. I said it once. <laughs> I don't have to tri- trip over. I'm going to give them you know, their secret identities. But it's Matt, it's Peter, it's Eric, it's Matt, there's two Matts, it's Robert, it's Jeff, it's me. And uh, we, have, we have grown to our, 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 our secret seven. And uh, I, think, I think the last guy into the dinner was the aforementioned Robert. You, you will also know him um, as Kirkman. He is, he is uh, quite, quite hard to miss given how incredibly successful he is. Uh, and, 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 and the high profile of Mr. Kirkman. He was probably the last guy that was accessed to the table and it's been a closed table for 10 years. Uh, okay. We, we, we just like to keep it tight. That's how we roll. That's how it's gone. And, 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 and as of this recording, nothing's going to change that. So, 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 so that's, that's the roll call of, of the Wednesday night dinner. And it always takes place at Nobu. And again, it is always post preview night because we all attend we all walk around we all get some of the show exclusives and sometimes we bring our bags to the dinner and we share but it is the for many of us we feel like the convention like only goes downhill after this because it is a meeting of friends it is a renewing of relationships and friendships and it is uh the very god it's it's such a good time i'm, I'm already choking back tears because i you know i cry at the opening of an envelope i've told you guys all this so uh, I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to get some water because my voice is creaky and I'm going to re- rejoin and continue. So just give me one second on a break. All right, let's, let's give this a second go around. So this Nobu dinner, this Wednesday night preview dinner, this kicks off. This is great. And now by this time, I've already been there since Tuesday afternoon. Okay, so I am ready to have a dinner. This is not like I drove in at five o'clock on Wednesday. Looking at you, Robert Kirkman, uh, wishing I was, you know, wishing, wishing I was your setup, Robert Kirkman. Uh, but I'm, I'm there since Tuesday. I'm ready to party. I'm ready to enjoy a good time. And let me tell you something about these guys who I'm not going to tell you all their last names, but these are uh, really big, uh, let's call them captains of industry. 
There's so much entertainment. There's so much pushing tin done at this table, okay? Uh, uh, like I said earlier, it, it, these guys are, there are many uh, air traffic controllers in the world of entertainment that are positioned at this table. So many of uh, the, the, the great shows and movies that you have seen starring your favorites across so many networks are because of the gentlemen who sit at these table. And I've watched, I've watched these guys. I've watched these guys who I met in the early 2000s. I've watched them go from mid-level executives to um, like boss, boss level. Okay. These guys, these guys are now boss level. Okay. And, uh, and it's fantastic and it's, and it's so great. And, and, and the stories that we share and, and, and the, uh, the interests that we share are, are make up so much of the fun of, of all of the different stories and, and, uh, and, 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 and they drive the conversation during this amazing dinner. And, and let's be honest. I mean, Nobu is just spectacular. It is, it, the, the food is spectacular. The atmosphere is spectacular. It is attached to the Hard Rock Hotel. So it's hard to miss. You're gener- if, if you're walking up and down the Gaslamp District, Nobu is either the last thing you're going to hit or the first thing you're going to hit, depending on the direction that you're walking. So we all are seated. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, they, they caught me by surprise. I walked over with a couple of them. And we always look, if you've seen a picture of me, you've seen me in a hoodie. Uh, I have black hoodies, gray hoodies, and green hoodies. And uh, I run cold. I have been running cold since my late 40s. I am cold in August outside in 100 degree weather. I don't know what's going on with my uh, the, the, the chemistry, but I just generally always have a sweatshirt on, even if I'm wearing shorts. And, uh, and, and yes, that's uncomfortable. And you know what, you know, that, let me, let me be a, a little aside here. The, the reason I am the most happy, the most happy when Comic-Con is over is I can get out of jeans, of slacks, of pants. I don't wear slacks and pants in the summertime, but I only wear them when I'm at a convention because there's only so many pictures of you wearing shorts in a picture that come back where you go, that's not really, those don't really photo, photograph very well. Um, those don't really photograph well. Maybe you want to cover your entire lick because having pictures with people, and I'm talking like customers, uh, you know, folks on the floor, to your peer group, to people you admire, wearing the shorts, not a great look. Not a great look. Maybe go. Now, now I went back to the flip-flops this year. Normally, I even cover myself with a tennis shoe, but come on, it was it was hot. I needed, I needed the feet and the toes had to be freed. There was one guy yesterday on Sunday said, I knew it was you. I was looking for the flip-flops. And I was instantly, in that moment, slightly shamed, as well I should be. Um, no less than Mr. Ryan Reynolds has uh, you know, contacted, has, has made a comment on my social media um, before about like, nothing says getting dressed up like flip-flops. Uh, he is uh, from the East Coast, not a California. Uh, I, I think if, if Ryan had been born and raised in California, possibly... He would have had um, longer surfer hair, maybe have a completely embraced the surf culture and and also only walked around in flip-flops and sandals. I only mentioned him because he he took a shot at me about my sandals a few years back. So I, I know it's a thing. I'm sorry. It's a thing. I love them. I've been wearing them since I was a kid. If I could wear sandals all the time, that's what I would wear and, and, and not wear shoes. But these pants come off. <laughs> And shorts go on. I got to get back into my Bermudas. I got to get back into my shorts the minute the show is over. But anyway, back to the Nobu dinner. Back to walking over. We're all wearing our hoodies. Because it's a little chilly. It gets a little chilly. 
and uh, we walk to the dinner and we all sit down. The, the food gets ordered, the drink gets ordered, and, and uh, my buddy Matt uh, says, how should we, you know, we, we, we thought we would commemorate our 14th year together, you know, by, by flipping back, by going back and talking about how this whole thing started. And he said it started up at the bar at the top of the Hyatt. Now, honestly, like the, a year later, that bar was not open to anybody. But for those who remember, especially in the early 2000s, the late 90s, you would wait to get the elevator. The Hyatt had a rooftop bar. It wasn't big. It was not a big, it was not a big uh, space. But if you could get up there, you would plant yourself at either the high tops or the booths, or the bar, and 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 you wouldn't leave because that's where the people who are making comics and the people who are attending the show were going to be. And so this particular uh, this particular time in place in uh, in the summer of two thousand three, Kobe Bryant was about to get charged with rape. I don't care how you feel about Kobe Bryant; that's not the subject. But for Lakers fans, for Angelinos, for people who were born and raised here, and let me tell you something, Matt and I are born and raised in Southern California. We are Angelinos. Um, and when I say born and raised, if you were, okay, I'm born and raised. Matt was raised. He spent his childhood here. He was a young man uh, in, in Los Angeles when the Lakers came of age, when they were the Showtime era magic cream. And if you live through that, they are as uh, important to you as your family in your career, they just are, and and for you, it may be the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, you know, the the, the Flyers, whatever franchise you know, your sports franchise is near and dear. Well, Kobe Bryant was adored, beloved by Laker fans, and uh, this was the quote unquote Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, was accused of rape in Colorado, and we were watching on ESPN as they were reporting as the DA was preparing to press charges. And Matt and his buddies, and that would be Peter and Eric, were at a near, nearby uh, high-top table. And I was watching it by myself. And they said, hey, are you Rob? And I met them, and they were all working. At the time, they were all working for FX, the, the, the Nip Tuck. And, and trust me, Nip Tuck was the brand. Nip Tuck was the franchise for FX at that time. And they were all working on that. And these guys were the friendliest, uh, funnest. J- just the conversation was great. And right there, we made a connection and it lasted. And the dinner was started uh, the very next year. But we're, we, we, we are making that connection. And, and so, so honestly, it, it, it goes back nearly 20 years. But the dinner took a little while to get off, get off, you know, get off the ground. And so Matt re- recounts to everybody at the table that exact story about meeting with the fellas up at the Hyatt, you know, the Hyatt bar. And, uh, and then they said, and to commemorate it, we thought we'd, you know, have a, have, a, have a shirt made. And all at once, Matt, Eric, and Peter unzip their hoodies and there is a, there is a t-shirt and the printing quality is fantastic. And it is of my teenage drawing. Some of you have seen it. I've shared it on social media of Wolverine and Electra uh, that, that I, I won awards for at a creation con when I was 15 years old. And I've showed it on social media and I just could not believe the resolution. But I, uh, knowing where Matt works, 
uh, and the tech available to him. I, <laughs> I also shouldn't be uh, surprised that he is um, well versed in, in getting good, good, good printing and and, and high tech files. Uh, you know, you know, be, being uh, being being you know received as they were and, and, and the high res of this printing. It, it was fantastic. It really touched me. And they said, we wanted to commemorate our meeting, Rob, and, 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 and this, this occasion with going back to when we first met him. And they had this art on their shirts. And then they handed me a shirt and they had shirts for everybody. And you guys, I absolutely was beklempt. Okay. In, but, but sensing that I was going to get Sabi, what I did is I replaced it. And you'll see me do this sometime with a higher altitude of energy i went higher so as to burn out any any sad sissy face um or as as uh, as apparently according to oppenheimer uh, president trumer <laughs> president truman called uh, oppenheimer as he was kicking him out of the oval office don't bring that crybaby back to this office ever okay um don't let that crybaby back in okay so i was not gonna be the crybaby but i was so touched so beclamped and I just want to give a giant shout out to my buddies and, and, and that dinner and what it means to me. And that's Matt, that's Eric, that's PJ slash Peter, that's Matt, Matt that, that's Matt or Matthew, um, Big Robert and Big Jeff. Uh, that dinner means the world to me. It is the best kickoff. We then wander uh, from that dinner always up to Giardelli to continue to feed our faces with giant ice cream sundaes and 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 sugary t- treats and the 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 wednesday night kickoff and 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 the great stuff and the great uh the the, the great stories that we shared and i'm going to tell you I'll, I'll tell you right now i've done a dedicated podcast on my mount rushmore and if you've listened to that you know that on my mount rushmore is jack kirby is steve ditko is neil adams is john bisema and uh that mount that mount rushmore is for creators are artistic influences and and uh so joseph loeb decides to ask everybody a question and i had brought a question so i was excited i want to know if our questions were going to match up but jeff asked a question and that question was uh who's on everybody's uh mount rushmore or he just said who's everybody's top five artists and we went around and we debated it and what's funny is is that he really specifically wanted artists, artists, and 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 many of of what I've shared with you, my 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 top four were in there. Uh, I I I also put Barry Windsor Smith into into that equation as well. But it got me thinking about creators as well and how I differentiate. And if it was just strictly creators, but I did my my artists, um, and and, and I, I I I really want to lean into in a way that I did not that Steve Ditko is absolutely because of the very personal style that he had and the influence of that style he is on on that list and uh Busema as I've said best figure artist nothing he drew wasn't spectacular and perfect and awesome Neil Adams was the greatest in regards to introducing every trope that fan favorite artists would follow whether it was his rendering whether it was beautiful faces, figures, his exa- his exaggeration, his uh, his his dynamics of the human figure, the giant shots that he utilized, Neil was the whole package. And Jack, how are you going to get beyond Jack? How is anyone going to get in front of Jack? 
He's just simply, I hear Tina Turner right now, rest in peace. I hear her saying, simply the best is Jack Kirby. But when it comes to creators, it got me thinking. With a creator, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's Jack Kirby, it's Frank Miller, and, and, and it's Steve Ditko. And those are, to me, the three biggest, most important creators. Uh, I, I, I struggle to put a fourth in there because of the enormity of what they have contributed. Jack and Steve and Frank. And so, so it was just, it was just interesting. Just, just, just kind of bringing some of what drove our conversation. I would love to tell you that we solved the strike at, at our, uh, both strikes. I would love to tell you that, that through all of our discussion, we, we solved both the Screen Actors Guild as well as the, uh, Writers Guild, uh, uh, strikes. We did not, we did not come to solutions on those fronts, but they, they were obviously, uh, topics that we discussed that night but what really unites that table is a love of comic-con a love of the experience a love of the gas lamp district a love of the uh just the tradition and this dinner has become a tradition and all you guys you really did tremendously move me uh that shirt and you you shocked me very few people i don't allow people to surprise me in my life i i don't like surprises so i go out of my way to never be surprised i don't like surprises cuz i it may be a surprise that i'm not going to have a good reaction to and then my my reaction won't be what it's supposed to and then i'll hurt somebody's feelings so that's where it comes from i don't want to have uh a reaction that that'll freak somebody out so but this one you did it you nailed it you crushed it and I just want to say thank you, and I love you guys, and I love meeting with you guys each and every year. It's the, it is the perfect Comic-Con, and the show is a little less exciting each and every year after that occurs. I have so much more to share with you. Uh, w- another epic dinner and all sorts of other crazy events and meetings and, and, and behind-the-scenes uh, drama and juice that happen at the show. And I'm going to get to that in part two, but I want to close this, circling all the way back with this awards scenario i'm going to tell you something uh as i went to the image comics as i went to the image comics booth yesterday to grab some copies of some uh books that i had reserved i uh i saw that i I saw the back of a familiar head and i had stuff in under my arms i came straight from a signing that i had been doing i had done across the street at the whatnot hero house and uh, which was a great experience. I'll, I'll have more on that later. I went straight from that signing uh, to grab stuff. And, and I had so much under my, I, I had some art. I had a, a backpack uh, with my computer and my, my iPad. I had my art bag. So I, I have got a lot. Sometimes if you see me walking the floor and you see that, why, why does he have three bags strapped over his shoulders? I just got a lot of stuff I'm moving from point A to point B. So I, I, I drop by the Image Comics booth and I see the back of a familiar head. And there he is. I knew who that, that head was. I knew exactly. And, uh, and I popped in to the Image booth because there's an interior to pick up because they said, we have your books inside. And I had just had breakfast uh, with publisher Eric Stevenson. Eric Stevenson used to be uh, the editor at Extreme Studios. Uh, if, if, I have never, uh, if you've never heard me pro- pro- profess my absolute love and adoration and respect, uh, and admiration, adoration and admiration for Eric Stevenson. Let me do it again here. Um, I have just nothing but incredible respect for all that Eric has accomplished in his career as both a writer, as both a publisher of Image Comics, um, working with all the partners, uh, making sure every, every, every mark continues to hit, uh, and, and just all of the amazing talent that, that 
loves Eric. They love Eric. They talk to Eric. They deal with Eric. Um, Eric is the reason that image continues to thrive because all of those people have to have someone they talk to. And that person is Eric. We go way back. I popped in and I said, Hey, Eric, he had the books that I had, I had reserved. And, uh, and I said, Hey, will you take a picture of me and Todd McFarlane? I did not expect that Todd would even still be on the convention floor. And, uh, so I, I said, could you come out here? I'm, I want to surprise Todd. I want to get a picture. So let me, t- let me tell you something. Some of you, some of you have mistaken my impersonations for Todd as mockery of Todd. Uh, you know how they say the girl that you make fun of is the girl that you're in love with when you're in junior high or you're in grade school? Uh, I love Todd. I absolutely love Todd McFarlane. Uh, we've had so much great and amazing time together. I love him so much that I think he can take a joke. Matter of fact, I know he can take a joke. Uh, when Todd and I were shooting baskets back in 1992 and I missed every one, uh, you, you think he let me off the hook? You think he, <laughs> he didn't cut me down to the quick like, are you sure you like basketball, Rob? <laughs> are you sure you've ever played? <laughs> and uh, Marat Michaels was standing right there because Marat could drain him. Marat was three, three, swish, swish, swish. Marat has skills. He has skills. Unfortunately, basketball did not pay his bills. That's comic books. But Marat has the skills. And so again, Todd has a great wit and a great humor. Nothing that I have ever said or done or repeated on this would offend him. I know that for a fact, 1000%. The work that Todd and I did together, I view in the highest regard. I hold it in the highest regard. I love it. Uh, Todd, on his own, his Spider-Man, I have told you, is a tour de force work. It is. Uh, it, it deserves every amount of acclaim and maybe even more so than it gets. His very creative nature and the way that he approaches what he approaches, he is an absolute dynamo. Do I think that his voice and the way he talks and the way he presents himself is hilarious? Yes. Is it fun to imitate? Yes. That is why you get it. Um, on my whatnot show, have I, do I have a Todd McFarlane song that I sing called the Bud Bud? No, I'm not going to do it here. If you want to hear me sing the Bud Bud, you got to watch my whatnot live stream. Okay, that's it. Full stop. The Bud Bud song. Because Todd would often, Bud, Bud. Okay, that, that, that is the Todd McFarlane that I will always remember. But let me, let me just, again, imitation is the serious, most sincere form of flattery. And when I imitate Todd, it's so fun. And you guys have told me, uh, I, I asked so many of you this week, what because what, what, you guys stopped me on, 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 at, on the convention floor. And you would tell me how much you love the podcast. And you guys know that I always say, what? Tell me what, what do you love about the podcast? I want to know. I'm so curious. And a lot of you go, I love the McFarlane impersonations. And I know I've been starving you out lately and I just gave you that little tidbit, but there's not going to be any more, any further. <clears throat> it was a delight to see him. It was a delight to take uh, some photos and catch up, even though it was uh, very briefly because I was interrupting his signing. And I know that fans had waited a long time to get their stuff signed. And I didn't want to, you know, in- interrupt that vibe to everybody at Todd's table who was, uh, you know, very accommodating. Thank you to Eric Stevenson. Thank you to Alex from Image Comics. Thank you um, for the challenge you presented me. I loved it. Uh, I, 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 I hope that, that, that uh, you know, Todd can be intimidating. And I'm going to give you, uh, uh, and, and, and some of the people at Image are intimidated by him. He's a big deal. So I figured I would sneak in and get this guy to sign that poster and, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and, and satisfy Alex. And, and I'm so happy that Alex now has a Chicago Con poster signed by myself. And Will Spotasio and Mark Silvestri and now Tom McFarlane. 
But the subject that I want to talk about with the awards, I got to tread lightly on because I don't want to make anybody mad. I'm not here to uh, stir the pot and to uh, upset people. But earlier this year, the Eisner Awards had announced that they had they were inducting a group of people into the Hall of Fame. And then there is a uh, fan voted group of names. And Todd was among those names. And there was another couple names I recognized in there, uh, as well as Larry Hama, who I also love and admire and respect. But uh, when it came time for, now let's circle back. Rob says he doesn't really care about awards. I, this is why, kind of, I'm not as concerned with them, because I think there's, there, there, there can be inconsistencies. And I am not attacking in any way, shape, or form the Eisners or the San Diego Comic-Con, both uh, I have I have an ink pot that I love and I adore, and San Diego Comic Con treats me fantastically. But I am just here to say that I believe that my uh, longtime uh, peer and my friend and I'm I I really Todd and I are more like brothers than you will ever imagine. I believe he was a first ballot Hall of Fame inductee to the Hall of Fame. I do. And this isn't about me. And if you, for, you know, the reason I almost didn't bring it up is someone's going, oh, life felt this about him. I don't give a shit. I believe that I will have died without any of that. And remarkably, people from Todd's camp have uh, shared with me that he believes the same. You know, like I said, we are not critically acclaimed. We are not, uh, uh, we don't do work that attracts the nature of the pundits. And, and, and look, I get it. My books don't slow down for nuance, and they, maybe they're not terribly clever in a way that would be awarded. And so I want you to know that I'm aware of that. I know that. Uh, last year, they're like, oh, they should give the Academy Award to Top Gun. And man, I wanted that so much as well, because it really was kind of everything uh, that I celebrated really for about six months in, in, in the summer, in the fall of 2022, and it united people and put smiles on their face. And uh, Tom Cruise just did just producing and and making that movie was fantastic. And yet I knew I knew the Academy was not going to do that. They were not going to uh, change however they voted or did whatever to reward such an iconic achievement film an achievement in film and and its producers and its actors. So I, I understand and, and I know that Todd also understands, but I believe because in sports, first ballot Hall of Fame is a big deal. And there is no one more than any, there's no one who has, uh, in regards to his toy company, you, when you put that toy company and you attach it to Todd, that is a, he is not just giving you comics that you have loved. He, have, he has given you toys that are on everybody's shelves. And I, have, I believe he deserves a statue for how he changed the toy business. And I think the toy business in and of itself has forgotten what toys were like before McFarland toys arrived and changed everything. And Todd went, like he told me, to my face, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that extra penny, the extra two cents, four cents to get that extra articulation, you know, that the big companies don't want to pay. Todd did it. That's why you loved, that's why you love McFarland toys and his figures and, 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 and why he was the industry leader for so long. And, and get out of here with the amount of comics. I mean, like Todd has sold with the popularity of Todd McFarland with the success of Todd McFarlane, with the connection that Todd McFarlane has with the fans, with the toy company. He is our first ballot Hall of Famer. I am not asking that any other name that was inducted be removed. 
that would not be anything that I would do. I just don't think, uh, I, I think he should have been added. I think Todd McFarlane should have been in the Hall of Fame his first year of eligibility. And that is, uh, that's just my feeling. Do I hold it against the Eisners? No. Do I want them angry? No. I just, um, I just don't understand, I guess, is how somebody as successful as Todd wasn't, and, and you're like, well, he was in the voting category. He shouldn't, I, I think he's just, he's just an, uh, uh, an automatic inductee. Eligibility comes up. I don't know how it's determined in our business. I, 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 I understand there's a, there's a definite year, uh, amount of years in basketball, baseball, football. But uh, I just think Todd McFarlane should have been inducted to the Hall of Fame uh, given his very ver- first uh, year of eligibility. And if this costs me everything, I get it. I am certainly soft peddling this. I don't want to create a ruckus. I'm just telling you how I feel because this was mu- mu- most of the discussion that I was having with Eric Stevens when I had breakfast with him on Sunday morning prior to the show. Again, I was reconnecting with Eric. I love Eric having, having this discussion. I just think Todd is, is automatic. He is as automatic as you're going to find in this business. And it, uh, I just, I guess I was a little shocked and, and I'm not going to assign anything else to it other than, because I, I knew that the Eisners were happening that weekend and I was like, oh man, Todd's going to get his hall of fame. And again, then I looked into it. There was the automatic inductees and then there was the fan voting. And if, and if I have this, uh, if I'm incorrect on this in any way, I am, I am open to being corrected. I get it. Uh, I'm not the authority on this. I'm expressing to you my feeling. And I'm going to say it one more time, Todd McFarlane, if there is a first time ballot, a first ballot, if there's a first ballot Hall of Fame candidate in the comics industry uh, in the last 35 years, his name is Todd McFarlane. I believe he should have been uh, in the Hall of Fame this year. I look forward to him uh, being inducted very, very soon. And if if saying this, like I said, I, I don't really want you to think that I believe I would ever see my name. Uh, anywhere near that because I have, again, like Todd, uh, I don't get the award love and that's fine. I'm telling you because I just want you to know that I'm aware of it and that I'm telling you that I'm fine. So uh, just wanted to share that. Todd's an incredible force and uh, we have made some tremendously entertaining, fun comics and and accomplished some cool stuff together and it was great to see him on my way out the door. It was kind of uh, Perfect. And, and given that, I'm not going to lie to you, the 90-minute drive home, I really did dwell on Todd. And, and, and as many of you know, if you have listened to the show, I met Todd. I met Todd for the first time at the 1988 San Diego Com- Comic Book uh, Con. The, the, I met Todd at Comic-Con. I met him uh, at the, at when it was, like I said, now it's like a community center in a different building, uh, just, just a few streets over and up the block. And that's where, if you want to know the experience of meeting Todd McFarlane, listen to the episode called The L Boys, and you will get it firsthand. It is still one of my cherished favorite memories. Uh, Todd also, also in my wedding. Todd McFarlane, also in my wedding. (laughs) I I said Marat, Dan Frege. My wedding party was all over the comic convention. It was so great to connect with everybody. There is going to be so much more that I'm going to share with you as this... uh, Comic-Con recollection goes on. Thank you, as always, for listening. You guys are so great, and I am just so grateful. 
that you tune in and that you uh, make this show a part of your experience. I, I, I hope I didn't bore you to death. I, I, I know I'm dwelling maybe on stuff. You're like, I'm not interested in this. I apologize. There will be even more in part two and possibly a part three. So I will keep you posted. Uh, and, 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 and this effectively brings us to the end of the first part, which was a blast. And, and just again, seeing, seeing old friends and faces and, and connecting with people is really what the convention is about for me more than sitting at a table and trying to um, sell you my stuff, which is why I only do like 90 minutes a day uh, on any given day. So, hey, we will, we will get, get to more of this uh, in our very, very next show. You all uh, know that at the end of each and every episode, I share with you the amazing reviews that you have left for our show. I thank you so very much for sharing these. These reviews mean the absolute world to me. Uh, I love that you even take the time, sit down, and type them in, whether it's on your phone, your iPad, your computer, and you send them in. And, and, and it always lifts my spirits, and it helps us perform. It helps give us a greater uh, platform. And, and I am so thankful each and every time. Today, I'm going to read to you a, a great review uh, by, by, by a gentleman or, or, or someone named C. Far, capital C-F-A-R-R-76. It says, amazing podcast, gives us five stars. Thank you, CFAR76. Really simple, gets to the point. I appreciate it so much. This is one of my favorite podcasts. The content is addictive and Rob is so personal. It's like he's in the room having a sit-down conversation with you. Keep the content coming, Rob. CFAR76, I am going to keep the content coming. I promise you, thank you so much. Again, you guys uh, leave leave a, a review just like CFAR76. 76 did and i will read it at the end of each and every show thank you thank you guys so much it means the world to me it really does and thank you to each and every one of you who saw me at a hotel in the Gaslamp district at giardelli's at nobu wherever whenever and you told me how much you enjoy this podcast thank you so much so I, I do some days wonder why am i rolling up this mic again and then i think back to those interactions and that's what that that that's what keeps me uh, uh pulling up this chair and doing what i do and i just cannot begin to thank you enough. On social media, I would love for you to connect with me. I'm all over it. I would love for you to connect with me on Twitter. I am at Robert Liefeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. It's got a blue check. Uh, it's back. It, 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 they, they come and they go. I guess you'll take them when they're there and try not to miss them when they leave. But currently, back with a blue check, uh, a verified account tells you it's really me you're, you're talking to. It was instrumental. Uh, in, in, in doing our sketch hunt that we did this last year at San Diego. It was super fun. And, and here's the deal. Uh, I love discussing topics, sharing with you, going the back and forth, all of the fun that we have uh, across the social media platforms. And, and really none of them is better for conversation and connecting with you all uh, than Twitter. So follow me on Twitter at Robert Liefeld with the blue check. That's where I'll be. On Instagram, now that I got I got to tell you the pictures. My wife turned me on to Instagram. She's the reason I'm on there many years ago. She said, I think you'd really like this. I love it. Uh, I've told you, I don't mind telling you. I don't mind because my kids don't even listen to the show. Uh, they, they think I have a cringe account on the, when, 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 when we're just hanging around in the sofa, they're like, oh, dad, your account's so cringe. So the cringe account is at Rob Liefeld, just at Rob Liefeld. Another blue check, another verification tells you it's really me. I share with you uh, the people I'm seeing, hanging with the food I'm having, the fun I'm having, the travels, the art. All the promos. Thank you, thank you so much for following me on Instagram. I read your um, your emails. I'm sorry, I read I, I, I read your um, DMs, your comments, your mentions, and I appreciate each and every one of them. Keep up with me. 
uh, and all of my cringe over on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. So the time has come and gone. I cannot wait to see what you sent for me to my CGC in-house private signing. Maybe I'll even do a podcast while I'm there. Uh, and, and make it even more fun. But t- the deadline has passed. Hopefully your books are in the mail. I look forward to seeing what you all sent me. On Facebook, over on Facebook, uh, I have a group. It's called Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Please join. Please join with us. So many of the conversations that we start here continue there. We share all manner of different uh, topics. There's art contests. I love seeing the talent that you all have and what you're sharing and, uh, and it's just a blast. And either myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, Sala will click you through. We are the administrators. Um, find us on Facebook. It's a group. Uh, it's Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. I hope to see you over there. And again, to continue those great conversations, I am just having a, a blast each and every time that we are able to connect. I am on Whatnot, and I was at the Whatnot Hero House for a number of different broadcasts. Whatnot has just exploded onto the scene. It is the incredible uh app that 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 sells your favorite memorabilia it sells uh trading cards fashion jewelry but i am in the comic book and the collectibles uh uh, section and that is where you will find me follow me rob liefeld over on whatnot get the app download it uh get your payment system in because when i'm on live i am sharing custom exclusive variants i have a number of custom and exclusive variants that i've done with whatnot i have an amazing spider-man uh variant over the last year a brigade for my own extreme studios and extreme uh studios variant i have i have done a deadpool new mutants uh, 98 facsimile edition we currently have no less than six no less than six deadpool batter blood uh variants that we are offering on the platform Uh, There are more to come. There are many more to come. I cannot wait to share them with you. I am so excited to get those into your hands. Uh, I share custom remarks. Learn what a uh, a chisel, uh, a a, a drop shadow Liefeld chisel is. Learn what a drop, uh, learn what a blood splatter Liefeld chisel is. It's going to be fun. We are going to jam together when you um, click on and you follow me. I generally am on Tuesdays and Saturdays, but if you follow me, you'll know if we are having a special you know, uh, a special drop, a special, you know, un- unscheduled appearance, or if I'm not going to be on Saturdays, if I'm going to change it to Fridays, whatever, follow me on uh, over on Rob Liefeld. We have earned our high rating in regards to customer service, uh, the signed Funko Pops, toys, artwork, and comics that we get to you. We take great pride in servicing you. Follow me over at Whatnot and look for one of my future live streams. Many people think it's like this podcast, except live. And I'll be honest, it's later in the day. So I am super way grumpier. So, so look for me over on whatnot. My bed, <laughs> my Deadpool batter blood comic book uh, is out on, is, is on sale now. Both issues one and two are in stores. Issue three is headed your way. Uh, latter half of August, uh, Deadpool batter blood issue three or four are some of my favorite, absolute favorite comics I have ever produced. I can't wait for you to put those alongside one and two. If you like one and two, you are going to love issues three and four as we barrel towards the conclusion in issue five. Uh, Deadpool Batterblood are, 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 is at fine comic retailers right now. I hope you are looking out for it and grabbing it and grabbing the variants. Uh, mi- big thanks to Marvel Comics for announcing two big projects I've got coming in 2024. Major X, Time to Kill is the sequel, the follow-up to Major X. Major X came out. It shocked comic fans because it sold out before it arrived that day it was put out that those were the only copies you're going to get it was already going back to a second print it went back to a third print did you know that major x every single issue went back to press it was that popular we did an issue zero to capitalize on your demand 
and get it in there before the summer ends ended back in 2019 and i am so thankful that you guys showed up and supported major x in the way that you did you're getting a sequel major x time to kill i'll talk about more uh, i'll talk more about it on future episodes and cable first contact oh baby i could not be more excited uh for, for cable first contact if i tried it is it is going to blow your minds it is a story i have wanted to tell for for almost 30 years and marvel has given me the green light green light uh i'm not going to tell you exactly how cable is among the original x-men group but he is and uh thanks to cb sobolski to david gabriel to everybody at marvel that that has uh awarded me this opportunity i am so thankful for this i am so excited for 2024 and i have a there's a special deadpool uh there's a special deadpool edition coming out in november i can't wait to get that that to you i i have a, i have a story in that as well so so lots of stuff yet to come and there's extreme and image comics projects I have not yet announced to you, so look for those. We'll talk for we'll talk about those in in the in the uh, you know weeks to come. At the end of every episode, I wish you all the very best. I hope that you are doing uh, as as best as you can possibly be. That your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, and your emotional health are doing well. Uh, kick back, take a break, get away from the grind, get get in that recliner. Uh, Go to that movie theater. Get that sweet air conditioning. Watch a great film. There's so many of them out. I think this is a great summer at the movies. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, uh, I I have just been endlessly entertained. Maybe we'll do a wrap-up uh, later at the summer. The, the stuff that I really enjoyed and maybe some of the stuff that you really enjoyed, you can let me know. Just have a great meal with your friends. Enjoy your family. Just take time to get away. Read a book. Read a comic book. Watch a great show. These are my encouragements for you, and I say them each and every time because this could be your first time listening to the show, and I want you to know that, uh, that life, uh, it can be crazy. Whether you're raising kids, uh, you, 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 get, you got deadlines, you got, you got um, pressure at your job. Again, you've got to get that time, get away, give yourself that permission. I am rooting for you. I am giving you that fist bump right through this um, blue mic. I wish you all the best. Please come back around. We have so much more to talk about, and I guarantee you that I will be here and we will most certainly, absolutely, and inevitably talk again real soon.